Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I am joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. I kind of feel like I'm talking like a game show host. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Project Tahiti. Um, That would be a good name for a a game show. (laughs) Where you, like, I don't know get put in different simulations when you're being brought back from the <laughs> dead and getting alien blood inserted to you. Great game show. <laughs> yeah. On the, in the MCU, that would not be a show that I, I wouldn't be looking forward to any of the prizes. Colson has got, it's like, yeah. you can lose a limb. You can. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like a, a terogenesis thing where like okay game show you know stand next to this terogenesis thing and if you, you might get superpower you might die. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That reminds me that aren't they making like a um, uh, what's the name of that Nickelodeon show? It was like the Temple. Uh, what? Oh, my God. I'm blanking on what it's called. But Legend of the Hidden Temple. Yes. Yes. Legend of the Hidden Temple. But they're making it like a Star Wars version for Disney <laughs> Plus, which I'm kind of excited about because I really love that show. No, I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> I never watched it, but like I, I like I, I think I think that might have come. It didn't come too late for me because I, I I knew people that watched it, but I was also like on this weird curve where like I watched stuff way too young for me because I watched little kids all the time. Like I babysat yeah. and nannied, and I just like cartoons and kid stuff. But also, I had uh, I'm the youngest of uh, three brothers, and I have yeah. a, a brother seven years older than me who I kind of like. I felt like I I definitely in terms of music and movies as a kid, like I liked. The stuff that my brothers like more than the stuff my peers like so like there's this weird like thing where i missed some things there's like a gap of of, of time <laughs> yeah I, i'm not too old for it by any means i remember friends talking about that and i think what guts like a couple of the other uh yeah. game shows on on nickelodeon but like i think i think i'm checked out i definitely know double dare and i think i know uh wild and crazy kids which had uh, Cube Gooding Jr.'s little brother as one yeah, of those. Yeah, Omar that. Gooding. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so crazy. I also remember when Keenan uh, was yes. on. Uh, what, what was the Nickelodeon version? All of? that. And all I th- that. Yeah. I, I think this about that so a lot because. So well, because because Keenan <laughs> is the longest uh, cast member at SNL. Yeah. Of all time at SNL, and I feel like. Some of that, I think we owe to Dan Schneider and all that because he started training him to be an improv actor like and yeah. be on a comedy improv sketch show when he was like 11. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he's yeah. been working on it his entire life. Like, of course, he's going to be great at it. Yeah. Then again, Dan Schneider has some weirdness associated with him in those shows with all the teenage girls that he produces now. So maybe give him no props for anything because <laughs> Keenan would have been great on his own <laughs> without yeah. without that weird yep agreed um i vaguely remember like a female actress like child actress obviously on all that pretending to be ross perot all the time and <laughs> i don't know i feel like we mentioned ross perot like a couple episodes ago and so i don't know that just like popped into my head for some reason <laughs> anyway we're here to talk about shield not ross perot or all that or keenan or What's the name of the show again? Legends of the Hidden Temple. My God. Anyway, <laughs> this is season four. Oh, no. Before we start, we're part of the But Why Though podcast community. <laughs> I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. That's right. And, and um, shout, out to, shout out to Katrina Johnson, who's my age. <laughs> and, and 
and she played Ross Perot, and amongst oh. other things, <laughs> Roseanne Barr, and uh, oh, the and the unique character, the Lemonade Scammer, on all that <laughs> from 1994 to 1997. They so. had a Roseanne Barr character on that I guess show. So. Interesting. And she she returned along with Lori Beth Denberg for their 100. What do you call it? The news desk. Lori Beth Denberg. Oh man. And her hilarious headlines. Man, kids sketch comedy show. I'm pretty sure that came back like within the last year. Yeah, it did. Maybe like the last two years. It's yeah, it did. That's I'm 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 glad. I think kids should do that. I, I think that's how you get kids to like be aware of things like comedy and maybe even politics. Yeah. Like is is to pitch it don't dumb it down but do it at their level like and and then they'll appreciate stuff like snl even more i think yeah like when it, when it's I good. <laughs> a child and i knew who ross perot was because of nickelodeon like imagine that like <laughs> that was another that was one pre- like, inter- that was pre-internet at least when i had internet at home because i don't think we got internet until like 97 98 yeah, like something like that i mean it's it's it was before it was in all the homes for sure. Yeah, I, but yeah. I could learn about political figures through more than the newspaper or the evening news. Anyway. Oh, this is this is my favorite aside we've ever had. Right before <laughs> we get started, can we talk about all that for a minute? <laughs> that's that's it, this episode had a subtitle. <laughs> the man behind uh, the shield colon all that. <laughs> uh, this is the most random aside I think we've ever had <laughs> well usually they're things that either of us have a real interest in <laughs> like, how we got here like legends of the hidden temple <laughs> but why did i start talking about i don't know anyway <laughs> we're part of the but why the podcast community be sure to check us out or be sure to check them out on twitter but why the pc and their website but why the podcast.com we are you're, super you're already checking us out <laughs> if <Yeah>. you're listening <laughs> yeah. we're super proud to be a part of their community uh, fucking mess today this is season four, episode 14, titled The Man Behind the Shield. Um, which, is that referring to Mace or Coulson or Ivanov or Radcliffe? Who is this referring to? Or all of them? If it was the last episode, we could think it's about Steve Rogers because he wants to be <laughs> like, uh, like Captain America. I feel like this is about Mace, right? See, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's a double meaning because interrogating mace everything and he's the head of shield and he mentions it a few like the superior mentions a few times like oh you know he's the head of, inhuman head of shield the head of shield blah blah yeah but the whole time he's trying to turn him against colson yeah. so i feel like it's maybe both i think i think maybe this is one where they get credit for two i don't like this episode we'll just put that out there <laughs> It's not it's the not, strongest it's episode. It's not great, and I think we can blame it on Ivanov on the Superior getting so much focus. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to. Between that and the fact that it's one of those endings where, as someone who's been watching for four and a half seasons, we're like, or three and a half seasons, we're like, fuck you guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're, mean. you're mean. This is like taking the ethos that they've applied to all their romantic relationships of the Starcross lovers, like, and keeping them apart thing, but just, like trying to apply that to every relationship and just the functional watching of the show. <laughs> like, just, Yeah. <sighs> They're just very mean. Very mean. Emotional terrorists. That's why we're so eager to talk about all that this episode because this is a hard... <laughs> it's, it's an emotionally draining one that works the best. Yeah. Um, so this episode was written by Matt Owens. So fuck you, Matt Owens, and everybody else <laughs> involved in the writing of this episode. 
Um, directed by Wendy Stanzler, uh, who I don't recall ever seeing before. Uh, originally aired February 14th, 2017, Valentine's Day. How ironic, because Coulson and May are together again, but not in the way you would think. Yeah. Robots getting together? <laughs> well, thanks, man. Uh, I guess, like, the, you know, the early uh, agent Coulson and May flirting thing is kind of cute. Whatever. That's the only part of this episode I like. Anyway. It was, but it also threw me off the whole time. Like, right, right when it started, I'm like, is this, is this the framework? <laughs> it's possible, right? Yeah, I, just, I wasn't sure. Like, like, like. It was it, it was probably halfway through the episode a, where I was confident. Yeah, it was not the framework. Um, I mean, it's possible Radcliffe could have been fucking with everybody this whole time, and they're all just in the framework. And Ivanov is like thinking this happened when it really didn't, and he's just getting, you know, he he lived a different life in the framework that was this life, and so all these memories are fake. But are they fake? <laughs> Sorry, I'll continue. <laughs> Coulson and Daisy are sparring. And it's going a little rough. Uh, but also, Coulson is pretty spry, and he's like kind of defending himself and kicking Daisy's ass in a way. But wait, there it's not real. They're in a simulation, and this is the framework. I think this is the second time we've seen this at the Shield base. Like, I think it was mentioned like once before. Someone was training. Mac was in it, or somebody was in it before, right? Yeah, I remember. No, no, no. It was it was uh, Jim and Fitz uh, testing oh, that's it, right? right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he was standing were, like, like off the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 hadn't like aligned the the, the 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 hold on the on the old TV. <laughs> They're floating. Um, but yeah, okay. So this is the second time, and uh, Fitz talks about how this was designed to help with training, which I don't fully understand how that works. Yeah, why do you need a matrix? I I, mean, I guess I do because it takes away constant. It takes <laughs> like for physical combat, but also a lot of physical combat is muscle memory. Yeah, this would so, only teach you how to do it. Like mentally. Which, which I do get, but unless you're in like, unless you're moving around, it's not going to. Unless it's help. like actual VR where you're right. moving as well. And you're just. But not. so far they've, they've always portrayed this as someone stationary with a thing on their head. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a weak plot point. But anyway, Fitz explains that you can feel pain in the framework and you can feel everything. So that's why they stopped the simulation right before Coulson smacks into the back of the wall or his back into the wall after Daisy kicks him. So he doesn't feel that pain. Um, so that's interesting thing. Take note of that. Put a pin in that for like the next few episodes. Anyway, um, they, um, Fitz kind of decides that they are going to try to find Radcliffe's framework based off of its signal. And that way they can trace it back to May and potentially find May, not Mace, May. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Davis walks in and said they've traced Mace to Nome, Alaska. That's really confusing. I need to make sure I, I enunciate properly when I do that. Um, so uh, Nome, Alaska, very pertinent conversation topic for current events of vaccinations and disease control and <laughs> sorry coronavirus and balto and dogs anyway they- <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly that threw me i wasn't expecting so like the pop up 
So they bust into this empty warehouse and Mace's suit is on the floor. They're obviously in Nome, Alaska. It's very cold and whatever. And there's like a creepy serial killer wall with Coulson's photos everywhere with like tacks and yarn and all that stuff. And apparently Coulson is the target of this serial killer wall. So he's like, what the fuck? Um, and um, he's kind of creeped out by it because... And he's like, this is why I don't have Facebook. And Daisy has figured out that he and Ivanov are connected somehow by this mining facility in Russia. And we'll go to that in just a second because I accidentally skipped something. Um, Ivanov is somewhere else where it is also cold and and warehouse-like. And they're moving a lot of crates and cylinders. And um, they're, you know, he keeps asking, are we ready yet? And they're not ready yet. They're almost ready. Radcliffe is in the submarine in the framework and Ivanov walks down there and he tries to wake him and Ada stops and she's like grabs his arm. She's like, do not touch him. <laughs> and she's like, do you want to damage the, the most brilliant mind in history? Like, don't, you know, don't pull him out. So there's another thing that we know that's precedent is set. Like you can feel pain. And if you pull someone out of the framework before they're ready, you can damage their mind. <laughs> Great. And so they trade threats back and forth. And he's like, look, I really need to talk to him. Um, and Ada's like, uh, I'm his proxy. Like, you can, you know, direct any questions through me. And he's like, no, I want to talk to him. So Ada's like, okay, fine. So she pulls him out. And Radcliffe's like, what the fuck? I've told you, Ada, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, oh, Ivanov. So Ivanov is annoyed that Radcliffe is constantly in the framework. He wants him to be consciously there. He's like, please, uh, I need you here helping. Like, uh, stop going off into your fantasy land. And he's like, well, it is my proxy in all things. And he puts himself back in the framework anyway. And I noticed, because I watch everything with, with closed caption, I think you do too. Yeah. Um, and they, um, the closed caption line calls this Ada, Ada 2.0, which I found very interesting. <laughs> um, I think it did maybe in the first one with her, but I can't remember if it always. Well, it doesn't usually like tell you who's talking because obviously like whoever is on screen. It's just if someone's talking, off, sc off was, screen. If someone's off camera. Yeah. So I think she was off camera. when It shows like Ada 2.0 is saying this. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, never noticed that. So I don't know if that's popped up at all, but I believe you if you say because you have better me memory than I do. <laughs> I feel like it has, but it might have just been because like like either someone was off screen or maybe they were both on screen briefly or something. I don't know. Yeah. Something. Or it was like both Ada's in the same episode or yeah. something like that. I don't know. Um, so uh, we go so back to that mining facility in Russia line. Um, we go back to some time ago. Once again, she'll just giving up on actual dates and times and just <laughs> going with vague, vague, vague uh, references, which is fine. I'm fine with that. Um, Coulson is a level four agent and he pulls up to like a security booth and his Russian is terrible. And the Russian, he pretends to be someone from the UN and he needs to go inspect something. And the guy is not buying it because Coulson says something very incorrect. And then May shows up and takes out the dude and she has bangs. So she's clearly younger and she's very like silly and like a very different kind of May. Like she's not as closed off um, emotionally as the May that we know. And she's a level three agent. Um, Coulson doesn't want her there. He's like, man, why did they send you? Like, I don't need help. And then they flirt a little bit. And, um, he's like, okay, well, I'm going in. And she's like, don't you need your car? And he's like, oh yeah. Like, <laughs> so clearly the whole, like, may helping Coulson be a competent agent has been going on for a long time. Um, we go back to the present and the team is going to Russia because the mining facility is in Russia. Um, and, uh, Mace, meanwhile, in this facility is chained up in a cell and he pulls the chains off the wall. So I guess his super strength hasn't worn out. I was really confused when this first happened because I 
or if it was this was the framework and he just like was imagining that he was super strong or if he actually still had strength or if this is just him uh because the cell door is unlocked and he like is able to walk out so i was really confused but then it turns out this is real right <laughs> yeah i i think that it's supposed to still be because he did take it you know oh that's right he took the serum before I, I I assume that it's just not quite worn off, but it's also got to be imminent. You right. know, it can't can't be lasting much longer. Yeah. So anyway, it was like very weird. It took me like a, a like it took me almost to the end of the scene to figure out what was happening and what was actually taking place. So, um, so he walks out and he takes out one of the agent or one of the agents, one of the the henchmen, I guess, and pu- and puts him down. And then Ivanov and all his men show up, and um, he knows that Mace is a faker and he doesn't actually have power, so they're going to fight it out anyway. And it's a very like, whoa, let's you know, let's you know, measure dicks and what whatnot kind of situation. And um, turns out Ivanov is pretty strong, and so he takes Mace down, and then they put him back in the cell. Which I don't know, this scene was very strange. Like, is that really necessary? But I guess they're just showing that Ivanov is a competent fighter. Well, and it's like, I don't know, immediately after showing him the chains thing, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Because, like, did it just, with the powers just wear off? Yeah. Or how the hell is this mother? Like, like, like I'm supposed to believe this guy can beat a super strong dude? I don't really believe that. Like, Yeah, I don't either. Um, Like we said, we don't really care for this episode. <laughs> There's a lot of weak, weak spots. Most of them dealing with Ivanov. Yeah, I'll Zach McGowan sucks. Weird, weird, huh? <laughs> so anyway, um, Mac comes out of the framework and he's like i don't like this like it's like weird vr uh you know i don't feel great and um he refers to brain scan which here we are with the movie references again and um he and fit start arguing about how these things are tools like ada was a tool the framework is a tool but like you know these things have been used for evil for bad things and fitz is the one that's building these so he has you know some responsibility in the end and fitz is really defensive he's like you don't know what you're talking about and mac is sounding he says he's starting to sound like and he starts to say radcliffe and fitz is like do not say his name (laughs) don't mention him because he's like clearly still holding a very deep grudge against radcliffe which is fair um but yeah, interesting conversation. Jem is just standing there like, uh, we've reached Russia, guys. Let's go. Let's not continue this weird argument. Um, and Coulson and and the rest of the team pull up to the mine and he says, you know, uh, you know, or I think Daisy asks him, like, why were you here before? And he was like, Well, I was sent here to retrieve an 084 many years ago. So we go back to before. And May is teasing Coulson about how bad his Russian is. Um, and they go into an office and there's a safe. And um, I forget he like drops a tool like a safe cracking tool and she's like oh you're fu- oh, you're always fumbling like and blah 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 and she starts uh like talking to him or joking with him about like a time where they were un- undercover and they were pretending to be married and I guess he was like fumbling with her bra <laughs> like trying to get it off and he's like I was trying to be a gentleman like I didn't want to like you know make it uncomfortable and she's like well because they're from different schools within the Shield Academy he's what com ops and she's no, he's communication. She's ops, right? That's that was yeah, the division. He's definitely communications, and uh, hers was, hers was maybe ops, maybe combat. I don't, I don't. Remember. I can't remember exactly. But, but he but. he did like comment back at her, and and it his he kept moving the goalpost. It felt like where it's <laughs> yeah. like I was just being a gentleman. I was in character. <laughs> like, it's like, like yeah. <laughs> clearly just, embarrassed yeah. about the fumbling but at the same time like at the same time like her stuff i felt like it was some of the least smooth colson we've ever gotten not because of him talking about the fumbling 
but because he wasn't picking up on her flirting with him in that moment. Exactly. Like she was saying, like, because she was, you know, you know, I don't know about communications, but in ops, we commit to the role, we go all the way type of thing. And her like steamy and flirty. Yeah. He just wasn't picking up on it. <laughs> but she, all, but, but at the same time, like, I think because he wasn't picking up on it, that is maybe making it more endearing to May. And it's like, yeah. and it almost makes you wonder if he is picking up on it. He just is he's, he's like, he's playing it cool. Like actually, <laughs> he, he's embracing the dad joke doofiness of it. Cause that's what's appealing to her or whatever. Like yeah. it, it's either way they're successfully flirting, even with some, some level of obliviousness from him. And it's very cute. It's and very it adds cute. to, the disappointment overall in this episode. And I think it's probably effective storytelling. I think we're supposed yeah. to be sad at the end of this episode. I think that's where some of our negativity comes from. Yeah, it's not like true. it's really that bad. It's just, it's a downer episode with too much Zach McGowan. So it's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there's another line about how she's like, yeah, this is why only civilians, when you date spies, it's like complicated. You know, you don't know what's real and what's not. And she says this line of like, I seem to go through men like paper towels. And Colson says, yeah, agreed. And she's like, excuse me? <laughs> Like, so apparently may is a bit of a uh i don't know a loose woman i don't know what to call what's the i was just a, play, a, a player like Claire, it's, probably, yeah. it's probably not modern but maybe better than a loose, <laughs> loose woman i'm at least applying it to any any one male or female in the 90s you're like specific yeah. you're like you're like going <laughs> 50s like to 60s like, like like super cruel <laughs> like, i mean yeah. she said it i seem to go through men like paper towels i don't know no you're right it was just Players funny that better you, word. Wait, i was i was trying to like make it as nice as possible i think you were going for not 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 to be mean to me yourself but just going from that perspective uh, from, from someone being uh less cool to her but uh, that, that's funny oh my god <laughs> a loose woman <laughs> Imagine my grandma. <laughs> I, know. I don't know about her. Her ankles are showing. <laughs> um, so the Russian, some Russians show up and she's like, oh, we got company. Like, we need to go take them out. And he's like, why do you want to take them out? Like, just relax. Oh, no, that's another scene. Whatever. The Russians show up and she sees them. Anyway. Um, in the current timeline, they walk into the same office and the room is pretty much the same. It, you know, there's a lot of cobwebs and dust and the safe door is open and um, they're kind of like, oh, did you do that? And he's like, no, that was May. <laughs> um, so on the in the warehouse, wherever they're at, uh, what is it? The mining facility. The director wakes up um, and Ivanov and Ada are in the room and Ivanov has his like whole villain monologue about how his father was this working class man and every time he saw him talk to the richest man in town he hated it because he just like had to you know suck up to him and so he basically hates fakers and so Ivanov takes out a knife and starts cutting into Mace's chest and is like I want you to denounce S.H.I.E.L.D. like that they're just fake and you're all fake and like it's just the stupidest like I don't know motivation ever and it just it gets worse later in the episode but basically Ivanov wants shield to come for me so he's kind of set up this trap because he knows shield will come and he sounds like a child <laughs> like you're saying it's like <laughs> you're all fakers <laughs> you're so fake man like you guys don't even really like that band <laughs> <laughs> it's 
so, so bad. I'm just not a fan. Um, and Ivanov and Ada leave the room and it is like, hey, are we, you know, we're almost ready to go. And he's like, well, then we'll, you know, I'll almost be ready, to, whatever he says. And she's like, well, when you're done playing with your food, can you do something? And he's like, oh, do you not like care for my behavior or something like that? And Ada says something about like, you know, I, I was made to like mod to observe and adopt human behavior, but you're different than most humans that I've encountered. And he gets all super creepy and is like, oh, yeah, like I noticed you noticing me or something like that. And he like kind of strokes her face and is like, well, well, something about we will all fulfill our purpose. And he says even filth has a purpose. So he like hates her. But like, I don't know, it's like this weird, creepy Oh, it was the it was the only time I felt like that shit where we've talked about now, I think, a couple of different episodes about Radcliffe uh, having a really weird reaction when they mentioned sex robot. Yes. <laughs> like, 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 this is where I was like, oh, this is what everyone was thinking Radcliffe was about because it is so creepy. And I, th- I think the actual intention for the episode is just is just supposed to be that he's going to use her, but like huh. not not specifically sexually but, but because he touches her face because she's a beautiful woman and he's a creepy dude like it doesn't work well at Mm-mm. all like 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 it's just, it reads well and I, also I, I feel like it reads as if he that's not beyond him like he would use her sexually as well because he views her as just a thing and filth like he's not he's not one of those men that's above like using filth I, I <laughs> in that I way I, I think you're right I don't I don't think it's filth. meant to necessarily make us go there it's hard not to i feel like i i want to think better of them because i think that they usually do better than that but at the same time like i think just because our general tone with how stories are told in our culture and like even if it wasn't what they were going for someone there should have known that that's how it was going to come across like like so it feels like, like at the very least they're responsible even if it wasn't like their overall intention like i don't know yeah, and also I feel like it could have just been shorthand for like a power play on his 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 level. Like cuz I mean a very obvious like way of exerting power is like sexual assault, you know, especially like men versus women. But even in any situation like that's a power move versus like an actual like I don't know, something born out of like lust or I don't even know, you know. So I feel like that was, it was shorthand for that of like, hey, he is the more powerful of this situation and he is going to do whatever he wants to do, including, you know, whatever he wants to do with this robot that he clearly doesn't like. And I don't know, it felt really icky and I didn't, I don't know. Yeah, like you said, I don't know if it was necessarily like meant in that way. But I felt like they were trying to show it as he wanted to exert himself as more powerful over this robot that could probably kill him in like two seconds. <laughs> Any way you look at it, it's super, super gross. And yeah, yeah and just makes me hate him more, which again, I, I think might be effective storytelling, but yeah. it doesn't make me enjoy the experience. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and this takes a really weird twist later with Ada, which I don't know. I feel like she learned something from him, which is kind of creepy and scary and terrifying. Um, so the the back in the office with the safe and you know the cobwebs and stuff there's a skeleton on the floor and there's a phone inside the skull and the phone rings and Coulson answers it and it's Ivanov of course and um Ivanov is monologuing again and Coulson okay um and uh so we go back to before 
and uh, May wants to take out all the guards, all the Russian dudes. And Coulson's like, no, 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 let me go talk to them. You um, work on the safe and I'm going to go out there and distract them. Um, and so Coulson goes out there and he pretends to be um, that he's with the UN and there's a biohazardous thing that's in this office. So he needs to contain it. And we go back to the present and Ivanov is mad because these guards were his comrades apparently. And they were killed because they did not bring back whatever was in that safe to their leader. And it's Coulson's fault. <laughs> so Ivanov wants his revenge. And I think, I forget, it, was he talking to Mace or Ada? I don't remember who he was talking to, but he says that like, I think he's talking to Mace. He's talking about how like Coulson just, um, he never like takes responsibility for things and everything. And he says, everything is his shield. Like he puts everybody else in front of him. Like, in humans like mace may i don't know he lists off a whole list of things but i was like this see is and, and that's sort of what maybe maybe makes me think it's supposed to be about colson too mm, because he's yeah. the, you know the man behind the shield but then so but he's also talking to mace like i i, I think I, I think it's it is a both. double meaning yeah but no you're just you you mentioned it before his logic is just not there it's no. like <laughs> look at how this guy is around for everything it's like I don't know, Conspiracy man. Theory. It's like looking at a picture of Colin Powell and then and then trying to blame him for all the problems that Bush Jr. did and that Clinton did, like anything that any of them did that they were responsible that those guys were responsible for in their administration. Just pick one person who was in common with all of them. Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, see, he was always there, so it must have been him. It's like, I don't know. I think he might have just been also associated with like, <laughs> it. has been a, a, a part of this. Like, not... Yeah. The maybe everybody was of it. Yeah. Maybe this, maybe this in part happened to him. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's very weird. It's very, very weird. Um, and I don't fully understand. I feel like Ivanov's like could have just gone after Shield as a whole. Like I don't understand like why Coulson had to be his focus. It does. I don't remember if that gets revealed. It, it feels like it's working backwards to get to that. Like, like, like it doesn't feel like they have a good motivation to explain why it is Coulson and not Shield. And I, th I think this is as far as we go because I feel okay. like the previous episode and this one, not the previous one, uh, but earlier in this one, it, it feels like they're the ones where he mentions Coulson is always involved. He's the one behind all this, really. And you know, I, it doesn't really make any sense though why he came to that conclusion. Yeah. I mean, he even, I think he even mentions in this scene that like Nick Fury, like Coulson used Nick Fury as a shield or something like that too. And it's like, I don't think that's how it happened, dude. <laughs> like if anything, Nick Fury kind of used Coulson and like brought him back from the dead to, I don't know, be the, be his shield and to, you know, take, take over shield again. I don't know. It's again, twisted villain, twisted logic, conspiracy theories, but I just, it's not doesn't it's not i don't like it it's not interesting no, i'm with you <laughs> um so fitz uh has found radcliffe's framework and he finds that the server is in china and then he starts you know he tries to get a signal from it and it starts pinging from everywhere in the entire world so basically radcliffe is using the computing power of every device in the world to help run the framework so it's massive and so this i think this goes back to like what ada was saying about how the earth is round and so that's how we made the framework it's like they're essentially using everything in the world to how let the framework process everybody's consciousness i guess so essentially they can't track its origin because it's pinging from everywhere like they literally cannot it doesn't stay in the same place 
long enough for them to track it. <laughs> Which also goes back to uh, Max reference to uh, in a previous episode uh, to Lawnmower Man and all the phones ringing at the same time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so we go back to before and Colson is chatting with the Russians and he's like, speak English and one of them's like, duh. And he's like, oh, uh, it, cool. Uh, wait, I don't know. That's not English. But anyway, so he starts speaking English and he's like, oh, do you have a paper? So he pulls out a paper and he says, you know, I was sent here to retrieve an item. And the guard's like, well, we were also sent here to retrieve an item by any means necessary. And they kind of all look at each other like, oh, shit. And then there's an explosion inside and they run in, but there's nothing there. And then you hear a, one of the cars start up outside and it's May. She takes off in the SUV and leaves Colson. And they're like, oh, it looks like your partner left you. And then they, do they knock him out and take him away? Or is that? Yeah, they knock him out and take him away. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Daisy has started looking into SVR, Soviet something, something, whatever Ivanov was involved in is called SVR. I don't remember what that stands for. Hmm. But anyway, th- she's looking up the SVR detention centers based off of where his. Oh, so Ivanov also mentions that he dug up these bodies and put them in that office to like creep Colson out or something. And he talks about how I had to desecrate my friend's bodies to, to prove a point. And it's like, well, no, you didn't. <laughs> you could have just left them there. Um, so apparently like Daisy is looking up these dudes and like where they were detained. And she finds one of them used to be a submarine base and it's like no longer in operation. So they're assuming that that's where they're based now. And so they're going to go there. They're going to go to the submarine base. Um, oh, oh um, I don't know what the sta- what uh, the Russian, you know, uh, word for the words for the acronym are. It's like everything with Russian acronyms, yeah. they don't <laughs> correspond with our with what we say they are. Yeah, because it's the Foreign Intelligence Service of the Russian Federation or the SVRRS or RF. So Russian Federation would be the uh, thing that okay actually uh, translates since SVR <laughs> does not work with. F-I-S, which is what <laughs> it would be in English. But it's uh what he which makes sense since it's you know not American or English. Yeah. But they uh it's basically just the the post USSR version of the KGB. It's their CIA. Okay. I'm trying to okay, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> it's not really that important. <laughs> I know. Well, because I, I remember they were I, they like I. It feels like they Ivanov was mentioning what it was, and then I didn't write it down. This scene, it's stupid. And then I was like, oh wait. Anyway, Fitz is still working on the framework, and he's worried about May's cognitive state. He's like, what if we find May? He's talking to Gemma. He's like, what if we find May, and like her brain is per- permanently damaged? Like that's partially my fault. Like I'm the one that created this, and I'm the one that created like the LMD thing, and I helped with that, and. He's like, what if Mac was right? And Gemma's like, well, he was right. And Fitz is like, huh? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, but you're also like a super good person. You always try to do the right thing. And like, just because you made these things doesn't make you responsible for Radcliffe's actions. He's the one that did this. So the only thing that you can do is just go move forward and try to make things right. Um, Which I love that. Like, because this comes back to that whole like mad scientist evil scientist trope of like you know what if what you're trying to do is good but you're like kind of going the wrong way about it and it's like well what if you are making things out of the goodness of your heart and someone else uses it for evil but it's like obviously you're gonna feel guilt because if that never would have been created in the first place like we all would have been fine but should that stop you from creating things that could help humanity 
you know like i feel like we um in our current and like state of society like that gets questioned a lot i think like how far should we research technology like what should we create like when it can be used for nefarious purposes like not just you know hackers but like nation states as well um but it's like ultimately just because you create it you're not responsible for how it's used but i don't know <laughs> it's like a it's 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 an ethics discussion that we are continuing to have i think today and i think that she puts it in a really interesting light where you know, the only thing that you can do is try to make things right. And I feel I feel that. And so he wants to find the framework hardware somewhere on the submarine base and shut it down. And hopefully that can that can make up for what he's done. So Ivanov is torturing May still and he wants him to shield and he's like, do you have any regrets? Um, and Mace, uh, what does he say? I put Mace still does. I don't think that's right. I think he doesn't have regrets. He says, he says this, this whole thing about like, no, I believe in shield, it's, you know, tries to do the right thing. Despite all of its flaws, it's always, it always tries to do the right thing. And he doesn't back down. He like fully stands as the shield to shield. <laughs> um, and then Ivanov just cuts him loose and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to bring my men in here and they're going to beat the shit out of you. And so that's what happens. They'll go in there and they beat the shit out of him. And Ada is watching through the little window like a creep. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, So the team shows up at the submarine base thing and they blow a hole in the wall and they go in. And Coulson goes into this room and takes out two men. And then Ivanov shows up and he like, you know, you know, knocks the gun out of his hand and and punches him. And then he takes his gun apart. And. Um, Ivanov starts trying starts explaining like what he's why he's been trying to find him, and Colson's just making this face at him, like, what what is wrong with you? <laughs> and so we go back to before. Colson's tied up in a van, and May comes to the rescue and grabs him, and all is well. And the the Russian agents don't get the thing that they they came there for, the 084. And so Ivanov continues his explanation. And um, he's just like, yeah, you're at the center of everything. You're the reason men died. So, so Ivanov, number one, he wants. Him, <laughs> I'm trying to go with his logic here. He first of all, he wants him because he essentially got his comrades killed. But why is Ivanov not dead? And then, second of all, he's at the center of everything that's inhuman that he hates. So I get it's multi-layered. Anyway, Coulson's had enough of this. He's like. Look, I, he pulls the like, you have been like thinking about me for decades and like plotting and doing all this, but I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I'm dying laughing at. That was one of my favorite moments. Like, I think that was, that was probably my favorite moment this whole episode. Where I was just like, Agreed. yeah, that's pretty rad. <laughs> like, I don't even know who you are. I'm sorry. And he's like, really? Like, generally, I'm really sorry. I don't know who you are. You, but you're crazy. <laughs> Um, and then he finds out, he's like, yeah, I, you know, are May and Mace even here? Like, no, they're not. And then, um, I'm not like, well, Mace is here, but you know, your friend May is not and Radcliffe's not there either. And so there's, you know, they start talking about the inhuman things. And then Daisy shows up and she quakes, you know, through the door and, um, Coulson's like, well, I don't have any beef with you, but she does. So I'm going to leave you to it. And so Daisy comes in and she like starts, you know, quaking him out of the way. And she just has this, like, she looks so badass when she comes in and like, just like her stance and like her body language and her facial expression just looks very, she's like, oh, I've been waiting to meet you. <laughs> and 
Uh, he tries to throw a knife at her as she's about to quake him, but she kind of deflects it and still gets hit in the shoulder. So she, which I don't understand why that was necessary either, like to show that she's vulnerable. Because <sighs> it doesn't even amount to anything. Like nothing happens with injury. Slow her down. <laughs> so anyway, this episode is a mess. <laughs> no, it's just it's just to make us think that Ivanov doesn't suck, but he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um so Fitz and Gemma go into the communications room and um they're like dude like this is clearly not where the framework is it's not it's it's not advanced enough and then they hear like a communication basically something about Ada I didn't hear exactly what it said but um Gemma's like we need to go Ada could be the key to this like Fitz you continue working on this and I'm gonna go find her he's like uh you're gonna go after the killer robot she's like well I'll take Davis with me and he's like yeah that's not helping and Davis overhears it he's like yeah thanks I can hear you So Gemma and Davis are going to go after Ada. No, they're going to split up. It's not going to be good. Don't split up. Don't you know? Uh, Meanwhile, uh, haven't they watched a horror movie with Mac? (laughs) (laughs) Don't split up. Um, So Mac finds Mace and and Mace is getting his ass kicked and he is not doing very well. and, And Mac pretty much takes everybody down pretty easily. But Coulson shows up and helps him take out the last couple guys. And, uh, they're like, yeah, Mace is breathing, but he's not doing great. So they like pick him up to carry him out. Um, and it's okay. So we go back to Daisy and Ivanov's fight and Ma- and Daisy pulls the knife out of her shoulder and she like kind of does this twirling motion and she does a May combat pose before she goes to fight Ivanov, which I thought was really cute. Cause, you know, like May was her, you know, SO, you know, after stupid ward, but she does that whole, like, you know, with one arm up at like eye level. And then the other arm, like, kind of down a little bit lower out to the side. And I was like, oh, May totally has done that. <laughs> but she does her hands a little bit different. Daisy was holding a knife. But I was like, that's really cute. Anyway, um, she goes to fight him. And Ivanov calls Daisy a genetic cheater. And she's like, no, we're not cheaters. Uh, we have just, like, upped the game. Like, and you're just, like, you're, you're just not you're just not there yet. And she brings the ceiling down on him and he's done for. And she's like, okay, I have enough down. I'll come see, I'll come meet up with you guys. Like it was that easy. And so Davis and Gemma are looking for Ada in this like big warehouse area. And then an alarm starts going off and they realize that the submarine is launching and they try to run to catch up to it, but it's already leaving. And then Fitz catches up and they're like, Oh no, like we've lost them. And then Colson, Mac and Mace, um, come down the elevator and they meet up and Daisy shows up also. And she's like, Oh, we're all here. And like, um, I think it's Fitz who like wants to go after the submarine and is like, no, we need to pull out and tend to our injured, which is suspect. Because <laughs> uh, Colson of all people should like want to jump in after the submarine and go swim after it. But anyway, after all he's been through the last couple episodes, anyway, um, so we go back to the base and Gemma is like sitting in the lab while Fitz is doing something. And, um, she's sitting there thinking and she's like, something's off. Like how long were we in the base? Like, I feel like a segment of time was like unaccounted for, like, like, you know, we were on comms with people and then the comms went weird for a while. And I feel like it took too long for everybody else to catch up to us. And then the LMD alert thing goes off on one of the computers, but it, it, the alert is going off because the scanner was disabled. And so Gemma uses her, um, her, what is it? Her seniority, whatever you want to call it. Her, her, what, do, what, am I, what am I trying to say? Her, her color 
level, not her number. I don't, whatever. Anyway, um, she uses that to rank to, rank. I don't know. I, I don't know what the color, you know, <laughs> level. Yeah. Her, you know, whatever. Anyway, classification. Um, I don't know. Whatever. Um, so she, um, uh, uses that to go into the computer to see who, who disabled it. And it was done by Colson. And they're like, what? And then, um, they look into that little like entrance area because there was an LMD detected and all of the other four teammates were in this entrance when it went off. And, um, it went off for all four of them. There were four LMDs <laughs> in the entrance area. Cause I guess the, the scanner is able to calculate how many. And so Fitz and Gemma are like, did they switch people out while we were downstairs? And, and yeah, they were switched out, which, oh my God, I don't remember them all being switched out. Like Daisy too. I don't remember that. It's terrible. Anyway, I don't remember how they all get to the framework and I'm getting stressed out because there's too many things happening in between now and, and then I feel like, even though there's only one episode, it all happens in the next episode. I feel like, right. Cause then this is, I don't know. Anyway, um, Ada finds Ivanov that's been crushed by the concrete ceiling and she's like, Oh, you've served your, um, or, you know, what she's like having this weird monologue with him because he's clearly dead. And she talks about how that was phase one. We're going on to the next phase and you have not yet served your purpose. Even filth can serve a purpose. So she's being creepy and scary villain and villainy. Very unseen. Um, it, and this is from before May and Colson are driving in the car and May is making Colson. Thank you for saving his ass. And, um, you know, she says something about like, maybe I'm tired of dating civilians, you know, um, because she was she volunteered for this mission to get out of going on a date or something like that. And um, she starts talking about how this guy is a shrink. And so this guy that she's dating is Andrew. And Colson's like, well, if it doesn't work out with this guy, we should go get a drink. So clearly it works out with Andrew. They get married. So Colson loses his shot. But man. <laughs> and then we go back to now. And Colson's in the office. And he takes LMD May out of the bag and switches her on and she's like Colson and he says we've waited around forever I think that's long enough I don't like it <laughs> I don't like any of this <sighs> no it's all very uncomfortable making it's it's again I think my my I keep saying about this episode it's like it was effective but I didn't like it. <laughs> I, exactly. got, I got what they're going for. And they did, maybe they had to do this episode to achieve everything. But yeah, like to line everything up. But are we ever going to like knowing all our favorites got body swapped? Are we ever going to enjoy it? You know, like, like it's hard to pull off without like a time jump bigger than they end up doing bigger, yeah. like without more of a leap than they do. And I think they do that really well when we get to that in like what one more. We have one more episode after this. Yeah, and then that wraps up the second third, right? And, and then, then we go and then into we, the framework to the final third with the yeah. final episode, getting our last glimpse of Robbie. <sighs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like you're right. Like this was like kind of a filler episode to get us to the next point where everybody's an LMD or has been switched out, and everybody's in the framework now. I don't know what the Ivanov deal was. He had to die because he has to become the brain in the jar, right? The talking head thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't he team up with Ada? 
now? Well, he ends up he ends up being by the end of all this. I think it's in this arc and not into the next season. But he ends up be being put into the framework where his brain is like digitized. But instead of existing in the Matrix world, the framework, he just has an infinite number of Ada created LMD bodies that his like consciousness is in. So like he's just he's in an immortal robot army, like until they get rid of him. I do not remember that at all. Oh, I, I, I remember him <laughs> repeatedly, like like coming back or, or or just a bunch of him being around. And like I feel like that's what her whole bit is, where she twists the filth thing back around him and the mm-hmm. weird grossness. Like it's because she ends up just violating him and just using him as a tool, basically. Yeah. But it's also. I, I don't shed a tear for him. He gets everything he deserves from yeah, being yeah. <laughs> creepy with sexual assault adjacent vibes and everything else. Yeah. And then just it, having a really dumb uh, reason for coming after Coulson. <laughs> yeah. Being really bad at drawing conclusions. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe he is. He's the anti Coulson. You know, he's the Russian intelligence agent that they faced off against and created this feud that Coulson's completely unaware of. Coulson's. <laughs> Colson is great. Know you. <laughs> like he's great at reading people and instantly like drawing conclusions and, con- and making actual connections and, and seeing the invisible line of causality that you know has plagued humanity as long as we've asked questions. <laughs> Whereas this guy is just like the stupidest fucking person. Like two things, same room. Got one's got to cause yeah. the other. Yeah. Bingo, bango. I'm uh, gonna pick this one. That one's the cause. <laughs> like it's like why is May not the cause? Why yeah. is Fury, not the cause, who probably actually is in a right? lot of ways. <laughs> He's the one who, like, actually put uh, the alien blood in Coulson and yeah. made him come back to life. Who sent him to go investigate Thor's hammer. You know, right? like, like, <laughs> Why a lot is... of this really comes down to Samuel L. Jackson, well, who I they love. Couldn't, but... They couldn't get Sammy J to make a cameo on that. So oh, that's that true. Well, this is after Perlmutter had his little hissy fit because uh, he wasn't allowed to make he wasn't allowed to ruin movies and almost get the Thor franchise destroyed mm-hmm. and instead and, and almost stop Ant-Man from ever getting off the ground anymore. And he was only making millions of dollars off of it. So <laughs> Rough life, man. <laughs> As you can see, it's pretty upsetting. Very upsetting. <laughs> I cannot imagine be having such a fragile ego. It's like, are you kidding me? You're giving me these checks for millions and millions of dollars, every- but you won't let me get involved which is a track record of messing it up <laughs> like, i would dude just take your money and go like you don't like, have I, to work <laughs> yeah like isn't isn't that his specific class of american dream of being right? rich and just having money come at you and not have to do anything <laughs> like, yeah like it great. sort of feels like that's a like promoter's whole bag but yeah whatever guy uh at least figgy uh I, I, well and that's Slightly related, there's still like we're still getting reports every once in a while with the Disney Plus development stuff for the MCU and and just the MCU news in general that ABC is trying to woo Feige back to do a Marvel show and and not do it on Disney Plus and or whatnot. Which I, I I'm all for. I mean, we're Shield fans. We're the 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 people who enjoyed the show, but like at the same time, it just feels weird to me. Like yeah, like. After after this went so bad, after Inhumans went even worse, you know, like, like it just never even got off the ground. Never, never had a chance to be a good show. Just yeah. did, like like this Shield turned out good as a show, just turned out bad as far as the interconnectivity and promotion with it MCU. But that mm-hmm. I don't think that's anyone's fault. It's just a couple a couple of really rich 
powerful white dudes and one not wanting to give up his power, you know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, oh. it'll be interesting to see if anything does come from that, to see if, if Figi agrees to do it. Yeah. Um, I saw someone, I don't know who it was that tweeted this out, but I guess there's like someone wanted a, a Mantis and Drax Disney Plus spinoff show. And everybody was like, nope, <laughs> for all the reasons that we've talked about on this show in the past. Yep. I got I got involved in a conversation because someone, uh, a friend of mine who I knew from Star Wars uh, messaged me to ask me, like, is this true? And I told them everything we talked about on the show. I mean, I ended up responding to the thread they linked me to and just and added in because uh, there was someone just commenting on how passive and just personality wise, how different Mantis is just talking about how she's the self-assured badass warrior and like one of the greatest martial artists on, not just on the planet, but like in the universe and <laughs> in the comics. And it's like not really personality wise, anything like her character in the movie. And I was like, Oh, that's true. And I mentioned that removing her humanity as well and making her an alien, uh, which they also did to Drax, which, you know, exclusively done to a uh, character. I mean, I mean, I was going to say exclusively done to Asian American characters because the actors like of other races also have their humanity taken away. But the character of like Gamora, for instance, played by, a, a, you know, Afro Latina actor is, mm -hmm. is actually an alien in the, in the source material as well. But like Mantis and Drax were humans. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like they made them non-human for no reason. Like, yeah. and again, to what, to make Peter Quill unique or whatever. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, but if you're a sci-fi person who worked on the Toxic Avenger and comic books and, and comic book related stuff like James Gunn, then you're aware of franchises that exist. Like, you don't need power or origin variation. If yeah. you did, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles wouldn't have been running consecutively for the past 30 years. But, but, it, <laughs> but it is. Four mutants, same origin, same look, same yeah. powers. Does not have anything to do with it. Also, you know, you get move away from sci-fi and genre you know, you take your average episode of uh, NYPD Blue, all the same species, all the same job, all the same skill set. <laughs> you don't give a shit. Yeah. So everybody needs yeah, to calm I... down and, and like not take away characters' humanity so that Peter Quill is more interesting. Because if that's what you got to do to make a, make someone interesting, you cast the wrong Chris. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, speaking of Chris Pratt, um, the, the Pixar movie that just came out onward, apparently there's some crazy legal drama around the van that the characters used to drive around in. They stole someone's real image. Yeah. And they like tricked her saying that like, oh, you know, we, she would be involved in like the artistic process. And then they just basically stole her art without it really it sucks because <laughs> like, like whoever did that like you gotta assume time, like, when you have to assume most people involved in the actual process like the animators the people writing the people design they're not trying to do that it's someone in corporate who's trying to get out of paying someone what they're absolutely yep. fucking owed and yep. that's it's it's gross because it sullies this whole thing it sullies a whole process and a whole film that like more than 99 percent. like you look at the list of the credits thousands and thousands of people worked on these things like in less than one percent of them i'm pretty sure the ones are actually making these dick dick moves mm -hmm. but they're the ones like in power <laughs> you know they're the yeah. ones who have the most power who make those calls and it does it it taints it, it ruins shit and it's it's very disappointing like in general stuff starring chris pratt i find because of his 
political alignment makes me more and more disappointed because I loved his work for so long. Like, like, heck, I enjoyed him in the episodes of uh, uh, Everwood I watched with my brother and my <laughs> sister in law as the the douchey brother. Yeah, with a heart of gold or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, no, he him playing like a dumb guy who's not great to start, but becomes a really great guy. Like, like he's great at that character. He nailed it. Uh, It feels like based on what little I know, uh, like his and Anna Faris's real life, I believe that maybe he's not actually able to do that. (laughs) Yeah, because I because I want to like him. I, I I do like him in a lot of roles, but. No, it's a uh, it's frustrating. That's that's a movie. It's weird to have gone from like seeing every Pixar movie in the theater and loving them because I like animation and kids stuff, and because like I saw I saw the uh, Toy Story early. Uh, I lucked mm-hmm. out. A family that I nannied for had uh, the mother won a radio contest like back back in the day, you know, uh, to get two tickets to see the press screening of Toy Story before it came out in theaters in, in Phoenix. <laughs> And she's like, I have three kids. I can't take one of them. I can't send two of them. Like they're too little to go on their own. Like, like, so I'm fucked. Like, <laughs> so she gave me the tickets and I went with one of my friends. And like I, I've been on board the whole time, but like I barely have seen Inside Out. Like I did see it, but I didn't see the theater. I, I didn't see it when it first came on video. Eh, like okay. <laughs> Yeah. And at the, and like again, they're not I don't think any of them are bad. Any even my least favorite, I don't think is a bad movie, but it's just it's hard. Like it's become a it's become a studio and it's they, they they do feel less special unless like somebody's got like a brilliant idea they want to share more like well we have to come up with a new movie to sell in this quarter and to make our millions of dollars and it just i don't know like it does feel a little more rote and that's n- not i don't think it's anyone's fault i think everyone who pitches their individual ideas are passionate about it and whatnot but overall like Clearly, there's something going wrong in the development process if they're stealing art from someone unassociated with it, you know, who they tricked into <laughs> getting involved. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I really love Tom Holland. So I'm Me really too. glad that, and I, and it seems like him and Chris Pat are like buddies because of um, Infinity War, too. And so I'm like, man, why do you guys have to like each other? No. <laughs> It, it, that's like a lesser extent because I also I, I I hate Chris Pratt less. You know, I just I, I mildly dislike him. I don't know him as a person. It's just yeah. ba- based on information I've gleaned over the years. Like I don't I don't feel like I like him very much. Whereas like it, it reminds me a little bit of the frustration I have seeing every time I see uh, Elijah Wood's friendship with Max Landis come up because I'm yeah. like ooh I love you Elijah Wood but Max Landis is like a creep like he's yeah. like a, like a yeah. literal cretin and like 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 negging women like like if you're if you're more famous for being having a famous dad and negging women than things you've written or directed then you're a bad yeah. filmmaker <laughs> like, like you're, you're shit it probably a bad person but. Yeah, so he, I'm glad Chris Pratt hasn't gotten to that level because he hasn't uh, dragged Tom Holland, Tom Holland down for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can still love Tom Holland. Plus, I give it's actually a similar pass to me giving that pass to Elijah Wood because I figure Elijah Wood made amazing stories with uh, you know Max Landis's dad when he was a little kid. Yeah. Like he's known him since he was a child. There's a reason why they're friends. There's a reason. There's a reason yeah. why he hasn't written him off or given up on him because he's known him his whole life. Yeah, and it's similarly, one of those friendships where it's like, well, we're always going to be friends because of our family. Yeah, relation. Yeah, and 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 because they've just known each other their whole lives, it's hard to write that off. And I feel like it's not the same, 
but Tom Holland did meet Chris Pratt when he was like 21 or whatever. You know, like he's a kid. Yeah, he was pretty young. Yeah. And and being a kid, like I don't know, another nice guy who is nice to you in the context. You know, the things that make me dislike Chris Pratt are political shit. You know, it probably doesn't come up a whole lot while they're working mm-hmm. out day to day in those films. You know, they're probably just. In, in making jokes and, and acting and, and enjoying their lives. And he's probably not a complete scumbag. I hope I'd like to think he's not because, <laughs> because enough people I enjoy, uh, whether, you know, whether it's, uh, Tom Holland or like Mike Shore from, uh, uh, Parks and Rec and the good place mm-hmm. and whatnot. And like just creators who I enjoy, seem to like him. Nick Offerman, who's one of my favorite people in, in Hollywood and politically seems to be <laughs> antith- antithetical. Yeah, Chris Pratt. He speaks really well of him and says he's one of the people you like got along the best with on Parks and Rec. So I have to believe there's more to him than that. Yeah, but it's still it's a uh, it's just Not disappointing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's disappointing that that's what pe- like. You could always not say something. There are plenty yeah. of people who I have no idea what their political affiliation is. <laughs> like, there's plenty of actors I enjoy who they just either they're. Uh, not hateful or they keep their mouth shut <laughs> so they're yeah. at least at least able to convince me that it's plausible they're not hateful <laughs> more actors that should keep their mouth shut gwyneth paltrow scarlett johansson <laughs> um, tom cruise does a good job he can just not be a freaking... part of a predatory organization yeah i was gonna say he's in a cult like come on yeah or uh, and, and there's just the my um like less significant matter but still i feel like worth mentioning his whole like actually causing harm to the industry of stunt people which if yeah. you read about that like guess who doesn't like tom cruise stunt people because it's dangerous because he spreads misinformation because he insists on breaking rules like and then brags about it like i didn't do the proper amount of training because I, I i forced them to do it faster than they're legally allowed to and like that's not like you being irresponsible doesn't make you a better actor or cool. No. Like, like I, 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 and the fact that people buy into it like children, like freaking on a, on a playground hearing either lies or hearing someone say they did something stupid and then thinking that's a good thing. Like, yeah. Either way, like I'm the fascination that, with that dude, I don't get. I'm hoping that Tom Cruise is an irre- irrelevant entity to children these days because they didn't grow up at the time of Top Gun or – or Mission Impossible when it was like super popular. Um, I hope he's yeah. just a, an old hack now <laughs> to the younger See, generation. Honestly, <laughs> other than the Mission Impossible movies doing really, that's what the market says. Because like the Mummy didn't do great, mm-hmm. you know that, that was a flop and a half. But yeah. somehow he's able to keep going. But if it was a yeah. you know a woman or a person of color, they'd they'd have to exactly. not work for another seven years probably. Yeah. Well, in the new Mission Impossible, the only reason I saw that is because <laughs> it's because of who. Henry Cavill. <laughs> oh, yeah, with his giant arms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, and like, yeah, I haven't watched one of those in a long time. I'm sure that they're fun, but. I yeah, just... it was fun. But I mean, Tom Cruise did a lot of running. Henry Cavill was not the villain you think he is. Great. And it was more of the, I don't know, dumb timed. We only have a certain time period to get this done in. or Otherwise, things are going to blow up. And him jumping out of helicopters and doing dangerous <laughs> things. And it was like, it was fine, I guess. <laughs> But my last thought related to the impending doom of Tom Cruise's celebrity is uh, we are getting a new Top Gun, right? Yeah. And Billy wants me to go see it with him in theaters. And I'm <laughs> like, I don't know. I know like everyone. I feel like my brother, my middle brother's like has like this fascination with it. When we were younger, he and his friends loved it. But like he's not 
at all that kind of person anymore. Like he just doesn't, I don't think he has any interest in it, but it's just interesting to me. Like, like how, how much that permeated everything. And I feel like I was just a little too young for it to have the same impact on me. Like for me, I was just like, cool. Windmill high fives on a beach. I get it. But also <laughs> like, why aren't those two dating? <laughs> Cause clearly. Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> like it's a not, I don't know. I, I want to not hate any of these people I don't really know other than like Paltrow or him who like do actual <laughs> harm to the people, you know, yeah. but like, but I, I also admit that my hate for him is as much the stupid running <laughs> you know, and, 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 and same cocky laugh reaction in every role he's ever yeah. played. Like, yeah. like as much as it is anything. <laughs> legitimate. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Paltrow. I have uh, Paltrow. I do feel like it's less irrational. Like she does. She brings it on herself. <laughs> She's the fucking worst, man. I just, wasn't there a whole thing about her like, um, like commenting on someone's social media? I think it was Tom Holland's social media. Like, oh, I can't, you know, can't wait to work together or something. It's like we've been in two movies together, bitch. Oh, <laughs> I totally, I totally believe that. I, I know, I know that I read something about her. She'd been in like the last two Marvel movies she was in. <laughs> like yeah. somebody had to tell her, like, like, and I, and I can't remember who it was, but yeah, someone was like, "No, we've we together." Yeah. Like, and they, they were in some interview, maybe. On yeah. top of that, like, like that 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 sounds exactly like her. I still I've I've debated either checking out some of like just reading some of the threads or even trying tr- like trying hate watching her uh, her Netflix show. But I don't want to give her the algorithm no, points i don't i don't good. want any robot to to we be should, like yep yep well, more people like her <laughs> we should torrent the netflix show <laughs> <laughs> that we're not giving algorithm so we just, just watch it <laughs> just hate, just just to hate watch it Illegally i i do love though that several uh like like uh, medical official scientists like several people uh who are thinking people who work professionally in some in, in some field that like requires analysis and, and critical thinking have just taken it upon themselves to analyze like to hate watch each episode and like live oh, yeah. tweet it and, and like fact Dr. check Jen it <laughs> like, yes yes her her being gwyneth paltrow's nemesis is like my favorite thing ever like i've been what? following jen gunter for a long time before goop got really popular and she just like Every time, just knocks See, it out of the park. I discovered her because of that, because of yeah. her being a self-appointed uh, nemesis to Paltrow, and and she is, I believe, the third like like scientific professions, like mm-hmm. specifically medical professional, uh, who I've seen take this like effort. The first yeah. time it was some some research scientist, I remember, and then the next time it was a representative from NASA, specifically a physicist. <laughs> Who was like, stop saying this sh- these stickers you're selling are made from NASA material. They're not. It is legally not okay for you to say this. Like, stop it. Like, I, I, but the fact that I've, I've seen like three articles where people are like, I've got to say something about Gwyneth Paltrow. But like from like the scientific community or medical yeah, I community. Think, I think Jen Gunter has had op-eds in the New York Times like saying something about goop and like. No, because, because like there's shit that like she recommends that will give people toxic shock. (laughs) It's like, like like, she's beyond irresponsible. And and then Jen Gunter is an OBGYN too. And so it's like, really? Oh yeah. (laughs) I like, I like following her just because uh, even barely being on my timeline. I felt once a week, 
see something where some dude is like trying to mansplain something oh, about yeah. abortion to her or something. <laughs> it's like, like, oh no, I actually know way more than this, uh, you know, than you yeah. ever could about this. I am a fucking OBGYN. I'm a doctor. I, I this is this is what I do. Yeah. And there's like, and yeah, half of them immediately shut up and the other half try to argue for a split second and realize they're out of their depth. But <laughs> Oh God! So more, more Jen Gunters, less Gwyneth Paltrow's, less Tom Cruise's. Yeah, please. Hopefully, Chris Pat is is not as much of a dick as I assume him to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with that, I feel like we should end here. <laughs> good note. Our, our closing the character of Chris Pratt. Yeah, our closing uh, Chris Pratt drag <laughs> yeah, turned into a, gen- a Gwyneth Paltrow drag. Which you know what? I'm fine if we always get there. Where can people find you? <laughs> I can be found at Ice Snow. Nothing occasionally. Dragon Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Seriously, I, her and Scarlett Johansson are like, can't. I just can't. Oh, did you see the one uh, uh, video? I think it might be a TikTok with the the woman. Uh, oh, yeah. who, she's like South Asian. And yeah, who like, has a, a strong resemblance to ScarJo. Uh, yeah, and oh. someone was like, someone tweeted out like, yeah, we can finally have a woman color step in for all the roles Scarlett oh yeah there, there were some there were some really great lines about that like I've, i saw someone re- uh i think that same one or quote tweeted but saying like like you know all, all my life i've waited to be able to play you know a role as challenging you know as scarlett johansson you know, she, she could play any role but now finally me as a woman of color can play can, can play uh, scarlett johansson but just oh, oh no well so and funny. like Honestly, it is it, it it is almost depressing that this woman who all she did in this video was make facial expressions <laughs> mimicking her. But of- there were a couple times where I was like, you just made the same facial expression a couple of instances where it was the same look but done better. <laughs> I was like yeah. like like without saying anything in a in like a barely more than a still, you've you've effectively surpassed her in this role. Yeah. And- no, yeah. I'm all, I'm all for it. Uh, recast Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, please recast Black Widow and make the Black Widow movie less white, please. <laughs> uh. Yep. Yeah. What? Stop making me hate Florence Pugh. <laughs> right? like, like, stop dragging down everyone else. With- no. And um, Rachel Weisz is in. Yeah, that. and David Harbour. Well. I like. There's three people I like in that. <laughs> They're really uh, trying to make me see that movie and not like actively not see it. But yeah, I know. As long as HBO and Netflix and Disney Plus exist, like I'm sorry, you're not getting my money for a ScarJo picture. Like, nope. like I can, I can get all the content for free later. <laughs> but, yep, exactly. I'm already paying paying for it for Westworld and Ducktales and uh, <laughs> whatever. Else. Yes, Westworld it's soon. Yes, by the time this the airs. Time. Yeah, it'll be out by the time this airs. Oh, that's exciting. It is. We're going to have to have Westworld diversions, <laughs> which I'm fine with. That's weird. We are, we, this whole episode's been diversions. Uh, where can people find you? I, I asked, did I? Uh, <laughs> I got so distracted. By, by, by Scarjo. Um, you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. Uh, you can find this podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can send us an email, projecttahitipod at gmail.com. If you're a browser listener, you should go on butwhythepodcast.com and listen to us there. We have an embed player there, and we're on all the things. And thank you all so much for listening to Project Tahiti, a magical place. Catch you later. Bye. <laughs>